Well, this week uh, I got to go on a road trip, which is uh, actually I got to go on three road trips, which is, you know, that's great because our sermon series is Road Trip Through Romans. So I thought I was sort of living into the sermon series um, this week as my family and I, we packed up our Explorer um, to capacity. You ever pack a vehicle to capacity? Bill talked about this last week. You, you pack and you realize you got to make some choices about things that you're going to have to leave behind to continue on the journey. Well, in our packing, one of the things that got left behind um, was my bicycle. Um, and, and I was distressed about that because my bicycle was left and I wanted to ride it on St. Simon's. I thought that'd be an incredible thing to ride early in the morning out on the marsh, but we had to leave my bike behind. So we did. We made it to Epworth. And as we were unpacking and getting ready for Georgia pastor school, uh, where my wife is the treasurer, um, she realized that she left her card swipe machine at the house. Now, mind you, the Explorer was empty at this point. So I seized upon the moment and said, Stephanie, I will go back to Statesboro and gladly get the card swipe machine and my bicycle. (laughs) So I did. I did. My my first road trip was down to St. Simon's, second road trip back to Statesboro, get the card swipe machine, load up the bicycle, head back down to pastor school. It was an incredible week. I got to ride early in the morning, as I said, along the marsh. It was beautiful out there. I had a great time learning um, from incredible teachers, uh, Dr. Marsha McPhee, um, who led General Conference Worship for the United Methodist Church, uh, and also Dr. Mark Beeson, um, who's uh, someone I've looked up to uh, my, my whole ministry career and even before as a preacher and a teacher and a leader. Um, I got to meet him on Thursday. It was an incredible experience uh, because on Thursday we realized that there wasn't going to be room in the Explorer for my bike. There wasn't going to be room because we didn't pack the bike in in the first place. There's not going to be room for the bike in the Explorer. So um, we decided the best case scenario would be for me to ride my bicycle to Waycross. And and as many of you know, I've been training for a triathlon. So I thought, this is going to be incredible. I'm going to ride my bike. 62.78 miles. This is going to be insane. It's going to be great. And it was, it was, it was amazing. I started out from Epworth by the sea and I took a right onto the FJ Taurus Causeway and the causeway is like two big hills with the bridges there. And you make a left into Brunswick and you continue down 17 little ways and you end up at the Sydney Lanier Bridge. Have you ever seen the Sydney Choir? Have you seen the Sydney Lanier Bridge? That thing is tall. It's tall. It's got a 5% grade. Do you know that's the steepest grade for a bridge in Georgia? I mean, it doesn't get any steeper than that in Georgia. So here I am on my bicycle and I'm just pedaling. I'm spinning as fast as I can in the, in the smallest gear that I can to get myself up to the top of the bridge. And finally I make it and the wind is blowing and I can see for miles. So I snatch off my bike helmet and throw on my swim bike run hat and I take a selfie. Because this, this is a moment where I am more than a conqueror. I, I had made it to the top of the bridge. It's all downhill from here. And I was celebrating. What I'd forgotten was that that was only eight miles into my trip. 
there were 54 more miles to go, 54 more miles, mostly uphill against the wind in the heat of the day. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I thoroughly enjoyed the ride, but there were some moments and some places along the way when all I could do was push my pedals over one more Time. There were times when it was painful to ride and joyful to coast even for a few seconds. And there were times when I just, I had to stop and rest. There were, there was a moment where I, I needed encouragement from, from my wife and, and my girls to tell me, Daddy, you can make it the rest of the way. I, I needed to stop along the way and I could because I knew where it was that I was headed. But life is like that, isn't it? There are moments when we feel like we are more than conquerors, when we feel like we can do anything, go anywhere, become anything. And then there are those times in our lives when it's all that we can do to take another breath, or to take another step. Moments that are full of hurt and moments that are full of pain. See, most people like to preach about, at least most preachers like to preach about and talk about those mountaintop moments in their walk with Christ when they're on top of the bridge and the sun is shining and the breeze is blowing and they can see for miles. We love to talk about those moments in our lives. You have friends who love to talk about these moments in their life. Maybe you like to talk about these moments in your life. They like to talk about how they've got it all together and how they're too blessed to be stressed But what about the other 54 miles of your journey with Christ? Not every moment is on top of a mountain. There are moments when you will not be able to see for miles where the breeze won't blow. There will be times when all we can muster up from inside of ourselves is a cry for help. There will be moments, as Paul makes very clear in our text this morning, when we don't know even what to pray or how to pray or what we ought to pray for. Moments of inner pain and outer brokenness that threaten to crush us or consume us. There will be moments along this journey with Christ when we look out on our world and the brokenness of it and our only cry, all that we will be able to muster is, O oh Jesus, O oh Father, I think about the turmoil in Israel and, and Palestine. What do you pray for? for people so broken, for people so hurt. Think about the unrest in the Ukraine, the civil war that's happening there. What what do you pray when people are caught in the middle of such conflict? What do you pray for the people of Iraq? What are the words that we should muster? What should the cry of our heart be? What about the poverty of people who live across the world and just down the street from us? What do you pray? What do you pray when children are fleeing violence and oppression only to be sent back into violence and oppression? 
What do you pray? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father. It's just too broken. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father. Help us all. There will be moments on this journey with Christ when we will not only see the brokenness of the world in which we live, but we'll experience for ourselves pain too great to bear, circumstances too powerful to overcome on our own, and all we'll be able to muster is, O Jesus, O Father, help. You've had experiences like that, haven't you? When a child is diagnosed with cancer or a loved one passes away, or maybe it's the unexpected loss of a job or the pain of divorce or depression, we all have those moments, those seasons when we walk through valleys of deep darkness and deep pain. We all journey on this walk with Christ at some point through the valley of the shadow of death even. Moments and times when we are so physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually spent that all we can muster is a cry for help. One of those moments for me was the night before my brain surgery about four years ago. I can remember my family, they all got together um, for dinner in the neuro ICU room. Um, and we had Bojangles chicken, of all the things to remember. We had Bojangles chicken because there's a Bojangles there on, on Duren. Uh, and people had ordered Bojangles. So we had Bojangles chicken and, and everyone was prayerful and excited. And, and then it was time for everyone to go. Mom sort of ushered everybody out and said, you know, he needs to rest. Tomorrow is going to be a big day. And it was going to be a big day. And, and then finally she left. And, and I can remember laying in my bed in neuro ICU and weeping because I didn't have words to express my fear. I didn't have words to express my pain at the thought of not seeing Addie, our, our only little girl at the time, grow up or growing old with my wife, Stephanie. It was then in the hour of, of my deepest need when I had no words and no way forward that I heard or I felt God remind me of the words of the prophet Isaiah. And I think this is just what Paul is getting at when he talks about the Spirit interceding for us when we have no words. These words from Isaiah 43 came to my mind. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and you are honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give peoples in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. The words that I heard that night were, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. And do not be afraid, for I am with you. Have there ever been more powerful and personal words uttered from the mouth of God. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. In those moments, moments when you and I, when we feel defeated, like we can't go on, like there is no point and no hope, when we face impossible odds, when the world comes crashing in and chaos surrounds us, when pain has consumed us and sorrow and grief and tragedy threaten us from all around, it's in these moments that we have to remember the words of Isaiah Isaiah 43, and the words of Paul in Romans 8, that we are never alone, and that there is nothing to fear. The Spirit of God that helps us in our weakness, when we don't know what to pray or how to pray, the Spirit of God groans for us, speaks for us, and with us. Why? So that we might not lose heart. So that we might not give in or give up. So that we might remember and understand that God is not only with us, but that God is for us. Do you believe that? That God is not only with us, but that God is for us. That God wants to see you healed and whole. That it grieves God's heart to see us in pain. Even though on this journey of faith there will be pain. The Spirit of God speaks for us and with us to give us hope. Hope that comes from knowing that our God, the creator of all the universe, is concerned with our situation, with our struggle, with our brokenness, with my pain, and with your pain, and with where you are right now. That's powerful stuff, y'all, and that's the God that we serve. Do you know that? That that's the God we serve, not a God that's distant and on high somewhere else, but a God that is acquainted with your suffering and with your pain and is with you in the deepest, darkest moments of your life. That is the God that we have put our faith into. That's powerful stuff. The God who promises, our God promises, that nothing can separate us from His great love, not death, not life, not angels or demons, not the present, not the future, not powers, not principalities, not height, not depth, not anything else in all of creation. Nothing can separate us 
can separate us from God's great love is in Jesus Christ. And that truth alone makes us more than conquerors through Christ who has set us free. I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you are on top of a mountain ready to take a selfie, tell the world about how great it's going. If that's you, help cheer people who are struggling, who are fighting, who have no words to express what it is that they're going through. Perhaps your spirit could be the Spirit of God speaking into their life. And for those of you who are in deep, dark valleys, who are struggling in, in ways and with things that you think no one else can comprehend, know that God is with you and that there is a community here at Pittman Park that wants to surround you and lift you up so that you can know that you are never alone and that you do not have to be afraid. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Amen.